Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Mosaic Life Podcast. The Mosaic Life Podcast is a podcast on happiness, and it aims to explore why so many of us chase it, yet we never seem to find it. My name is Trey Kaufman. If you find value in this podcast or this particular episode, you can show your support in a number of different ways. The first and easiest of which is pressing subscribe in your podcast player of choice so that you're notified of new episodes as they come out. And of course, if you're on Apple Podcasts, leaving a five-star review helps others just like yourselves discover the conversations we have here. This isn't going to come as a surprise because I've said it before and I say it again in this episode, but what I really love about hosting this podcast is that I literally have no idea whom I'm going to meet next month, next week, or even tomorrow. I've been so fortunate to build such an amazing network, which is not only paid off here on the podcast, but in life and in business especially. With that said, it's really no surprise how I met my guest today. In my world, so much of my networking and relationship building is built on my experiences working with Frank Gagan, whom some of you may remember from episode 31. If there were a man who understands the value of a strong network, it's him, and he's the reason I had the opportunity to meet Susan. Susan K. Lambert offers human-centered coaching and consulting, guiding growth-minded businesses, schools, and people through the change our world demands. With over 10 years of facilitation and coaching experience, nearly a decade of classroom teaching, and over 15 years of intercultural immersion, Susan's background is rooted in business consulting, education, and global competency. Susan has developed and facilitated workshops on risk management, diversity and inclusion, effective communication, leadership development, social entrepreneurship, global citizenship, and education for social innovation, among other topics. She is trained in Brene Brown's Dare to Lead curriculum, design thinking, project-based learning, and certified by Regenerations and Generational Competency. Susan is also a fluent Spanish speaker and interpreter. Having led over 40 travel programs abroad for adults, families, students, and educators, Susan uses her global experiences to guide leadership development workshops, professional coaching sessions, strategic planning, and curriculum building for corporate, private, educational, and nonprofit organizations. Susan believes relationships are the pathway to peace. There was a time when I wasn't a great conversationalist, and I know better than anyone, I still have a lot to work on. But if there's one thing I've discovered, it's that the task of having a genuine conversation is made easy when you come to it with a sense of wonder and curiosity. Susan made that simple for me in the conversation you're about to hear. Please welcome my guest, the wonderful Susan Lambert. Well, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm so glad we were able to connect. Thank you for doing this. Yes, thank you for for having me and for your flexibility. Absolutely, no problem at all. And just uh, for for the sake of context, how are you feeling after your your second shot? Right. That's that's what well. We're... Yeah, exactly. That's why that's why we had to postpone. The, the day after was was rough, but yeah. feeling great now. And Good. in fact. I'm now, I've now reached the two week post second vaccine mark. So I'm feeling even better. That's fantastic. I'm so glad to hear that. I, um, I'm getting my second shot. Um, well, when this comes out, it'll be a month past, but I'm getting my second shot this week. So I'm, I'm excited to be done with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting, um, I think it's an interesting journey and certainly, uh, cognitively and emotionally and, and all of the other things it, it's I'm, I'm excited to hug people again yeah. and also you know just be okay with whatever whatever part of that process is happening <laughs> absolutely so am I and it's actually I've I've I'm it's fascinating to me going or analyzing my own psychology of the situation I have 
I don't want to say I have anxiety around not being masked around other people, but to me, it just seems like a natural, easy barrier to preventing getting sick, which I, there, I know there's some give and take, you know, needing to expose your immune system to various bugs and whatnot. So to me, I, I, I hate to say it. I feel like I'm going to be a little bit more cautious when it comes to not wearing my mask. I don't, I don't know how that even makes me sound, but that's just something that's been going through my mind. Yeah. And I think that makes sense. And I think everybody will be making their own decisions in that regard. I, it's interesting. I remember um, being in in Nepal many years ago, and um, I was I was right in the middle of the city, and there was lots of smog, and everybody was wearing a mask. And so this was probably probably four years ago, and I remember even there were, were there were vendors on the street selling masks, and I and I just thought it was so bizarre. Yeah. And and I wondered, you know, what that would feel like to wear a mask every day. And here we are <laughs> now making you know. those decisions for ourselves. Yeah. Um, so so it's interesting to reflect on on pre and post COVID and and how we used to interpret that. And now I see it as a way to really not only take care of oneself but yeah. take care of others. Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, I, listen, I I've been I'm a big runner, which I I want to talk with you about here momentarily because that's one of the things that we first connected on. But I, since the very beginning of the pandemic, I've been running without a mask. That has never, ever, you know, been, I've never thought twice about it. Now, I don't generally run with people. I'm a very much a solo runner, but that's just something I, I wasn't willing to wear a mask and inhibit my breathing. But, you know, when it comes to being, I guess, gathered around people indoors, it just, it's, to me, I, I, can, I can see myself vaccinated or not come this November. I'm just going to wear a mask for a few months so I don't get the flu. I, I, don't, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't had a cold in you know, a year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> It's nice. It's nice, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. Well, I, you know, like I said, we, we connected initially. Well, we connected because of, uh, I think, Frank Egan's group, correct? Exactly. Yeah. So it was great to, to connect with you. I was so excited to be able to do so. But when we first hopped on a call, I was so excited to hear we've got so many similar passions and interests from rock climbing to to running and just all of those things. They, they bring so much joy to my life. And I just would love it if we can just kind of start talking there. And how, how much have you been doing recently as remind me where you are? Yeah, I'm in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So is it always, is it fairly mild there in regard to the temperatures or does it get cold? I grew up in Vermont. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Tennessee is very mild. Yeah. Well, that that's nice. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. So are you getting out a lot, uh, running and mountain climbing? Yeah. Yes. It, getting outside is, is, is a salve and a balm and a necessary element of, of what I do pretty much every day. That's fantastic. I have, um, have you, are you starting to see any races come back, uh, in regard to marathons, half marathons, or is that still kind of where you are up in the air for this year? Well, so, and again, I think, I think the pandemic was, was different both around our country and around the world and, and, and people did different things to, yeah. um, to mitigate risk. And in Tennessee, we actually, some races were postponed, but then toward the end of last year, and I think I mentioned this to you, um, a few races opened. So I was able to run uh, the stump jump, which is a, a 50K um, here in, in Chattanooga. So so some things have been happening, and and I think that same race is going again this year. So I think especially the the races that are on trails that are, that are pretty spread out. So you yeah. start start the race with your mask on and then, and then as you go, you, you take them off. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Just the, the 50 K element to me, I, my max distance I've ever run is 20 miles. And I, I, that, that I mean, anything, correct me if I'm wrong, anything over a marathon is considered an ultra, correct? Right. So that, I mean, how does that feel? Talk to me about the mentality and the mindset behind training for something that is, you have to really put yourself through the ringer to get to that point, to be able to run 50 K. Yeah. Thanks for asking. For me, I think this, that was the longest I had ever run myself. And, and I, I think I heard you 
say just 20 miles. So <laughs> I want to, to offer that 20 miles is still a really long run and, yeah. and kudos to you for doing that. Thank you. Um, so for me, that was the longest I had ever run. And the, the addition, which I may have mentioned to you before, the additional factor is 11 months prior to the race, I broke my, I broke my leg. I had oh my a tip, tip fib fracture. And so, so the journey from leg break to 50K was humbling to say the least. And I think such a, such a testament to the fact that we can, with the right mindset with yeah. the right access to uh health and pt and 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 so on we really our bodies really can heal and um that that for me was oh it was it was such a accomplishment not only for running that far but for being able to train my body to heal appropriately to be able to run that far yeah that, well, first of all, congratulations, because that is, you know, again, no easy feat for 50K, but to do so after a broken leg, that's that's absolutely phenomenal. And the two points you touch on, which I want to talk about both of them, are mindset and access to healthcare, because I know you've done some uh, some workshops for DE, diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is mm-hmm. so incredibly important. I want to get into that in a moment because I know when it comes to healthcare, we are so spread across the board, but mm-hmm. my mindset is so important to me. And it's so important to these conversations that I have the mm-hmm. opportunity to have on this podcast. And I was actually just talking with a friend earlier today and he, he you know, bless him. I am so thankful for this. He, he mentioned he was listening to the podcast last week, which I didn't even know he did. And he was inspired to do more, which just means mm. the world to me. And he's, he's, we started having a conversation that I think a lot of people get into the mindset that it's good enough. You know, the way I'm living my life is good enough. And don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. If you're, if you're content, if you have joy in your life, then that's fantastic. But some people want to strive for more. Some people want to run a freaking 50 K, which is absolutely (laughs) incredible, but that's not, and I I say this with all the love in the world, it's not normal. And so you have to get yourself into Mm -hmm. a very unique and, and, powerful mindset where you are just willing to stop at nothing to get there. And if you can talk to me a little bit about what that was like getting through, not only healing, but getting to a point where you're training for X number of hours every single day, how, mm-hmm. how, how, how was that? How did that mindset work for you? Mm. So when I broke my leg, um, I, I decided right away that uh, I, because it's such a part of my life, physical fitness and, and, and taking care of my body is such a part of my life. I decided that I would, I would go to the gym and I, and I think this may have been right after surgery. And so I thought, well, there's still things I can do for upper body and I can, I can do this hand bike thing that I've seen at the gym, but I've never done. I can do that for cardio. And so I, I went to the gym and, um, to be honest, the, right away, there were probably about three days where I was just a mess thinking, oh no, you know, what's this going to do to my, to my body, to my mind, to my future? Will I be able to run again? And all of those things that I think are pretty normal questions to right. be asking in, in a trauma, physical trauma kind of situation. And so I go to the gym sort of out of conviction and sort of just, well, I've got to do something, but I, I was still a little bummed out. And I looked at this hand hand bike thing and I thought, well, I'll, I'll figure it out. Right. So I get on the bike and within moments, somebody that worked at the gym came over to help me. And this somebody happened to be a paraplegic. Um, and so he, he said to me, okay, this is how you do it. I'll show you. And, and, and so on. And it was in that moment that I decided whatever temporary woe or sadness I'm feeling about this is simply that it's temporary. Here is somebody who for the rest of his life will not be able to use his legs and he's willing to teach me how to do this thing. So that was a very specific moment that I said, okay, what, what I'm experiencing is temporary and it's up to me how I choose to approach this training. Yeah. So from there, so from there it became, it became that, 
mentality of I can do this and let's be gentle about it. So I had um, I had a yoga tr- uh, teacher once tell me, Susan, you're doing really well in these poses, but maybe you could soften a little bit. <laughs> maybe you could maybe you could approach it just with an easy heart. And so I think. Uh, and this is this is analogous to to life, but I think as I approach training, yes, I had to get a certain amount of miles in every week. Yes, it was important to to prepare my body, but at the same time, I think there's a very fine line between training and um, striving where it's not healthy. Yeah. So I had to really check myself. Uh, this week, I've got 25 miles on the calendar, and fortunately, my my husband and one of my dear friends were also training. Uh, so that was that was extremely helpful. But I also had to say to myself, is it the day to do that or not? Am I am I doing this for some sort of ego fulfill, fulfillment or is this because my body's really excited about healing? Yeah. So I, I think to answer your question, one mindset and just really checking ourselves, what is what is important, what what matters, what what story are we telling ourselves? And then two, day to day, we've got to be able to, again, really check in and say, why am I doing this? Is it is it ego? Is it striving? Or is it to really take care of myself so then I can I can be my best self for for the people in my life? Yeah, that's that's incredibly important. I, I love what you said talking about what story are we telling ourselves? Because from speaking for myself, I know when I get into a poor mindset or I get into a situation that is not ideal. I, I will say, oh, but I'm different. I, you know, I, I, I'm allowed to be sad or demotivated because there's just, this is, this is so far outside the realm of what other people experience that I'm, this, this just is not applicable to me. And I, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to get past this. And I, I get, I'm so guilty of getting caught up in that from time to time. Mm-hmm. Did, I mean, when you, those first few days that you said that were extremely difficult for you, did you find yourself in that trap? I did. And I also gave myself permission to just be there. Yeah. Because I think that's also an important part of the process. Essentially it's, it's, it's grieving in a way, yeah. right? It's, it's okay. I, I, I said to myself, okay, You've got, I don't know exactly what I said, 48, 72 <laughs> hours. Just be bummed about this. This, this, yeah. is, this changed, changed life for sure. Um, and, then, and then we heal. You know, it's similar, similar to what's going on in the world. It's uh, let's, let's be sad, let's grieve, and then let's get to work. So I think there's, there's room for both of those things. Yeah, absolutely. I, I... I, I I like giving ourselves permission to to feel, and instead of mm-hmm. trying to only focus on the good emotions, that that, that, mm-hmm. that knowing that we are a full spectrum of you know mm-hmm. all of the good, all of the bad, and if we try to push away or push down negative feelings, then that's only going to hinder, you know, the quality of our positive feelings when they come back. Um, so I, I really exactly. a- appreciate that. Um, well, I mean, the other, you know, point you made, which I, I don't know if you meant to intentionally or not, but you're talking about access to healthcare and, you know, how mm-hmm. beneficial that was in, in your recovery. And I, I don't know how much work you do in DE and I, I have trouble saying that acronym, but I mean, when, uh, I don't know what, what, what was your experience with that? And we can, we can dig deep into it, or if you just want to, you know, talk about it a, a little bit, I'm just, I, I'm curious why you chose those words. Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I try to keep in perspective with everything in my life. What if, what if I wasn't white? What if I didn't speak English? What if I wasn't able to drive a car to get somewhere? What if I didn't have health insurance? What would this situation look like? And in that situation, it, it was, it was just so obvious to me that I had I broke my leg and 11 days later, I was in surgery with the best foot and ankle surgeon in this area, yeah. in the surrounding area, works on all the athletes in town. And, and whether that was somewhat luck, um, I don't know, but I was able to, I was able to access the person that really 
was the, 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 the catalyst for my healing. Yeah. And from there, I was able to go to one of the best PT centers in town and I was able to pay for it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, and, and, and this word has become cringy and, and for some, but that is the epitome of privilege yeah. that I was able to access those things. So as it's related to DEI, I, I think it's one, only one element of, of the privilege that I have when compared to, to others. So I, I just think it's good and, and healthy to keep that in, in perspective. And certainly I've, I've traveled to and worked with and lived in other parts of the world, uh, which again, I think, I think helps me not that I'm not that I'm great at it all the time, but I think helps me to remember to try and keep things in perspective. And when I was the other the other area, it became very obvious is paying those bills. Yeah. And I still I've got a folder and I'm telling you, this is one one bone. Well, actually, there are two bones, but one bone that broke in my body. And I've got a folder that's probably an inch thick of all of these bills that were coming in from different places from from this this injury. And I just couldn't help but think, wow, what if this was a chronic illness? Wow, I don't understand what these say, but I'm going to trust trust that I I have people in my life that can help me figure it out. And I've got a credit card and and I can do this right now. Yeah. Um, but what if what if I didn't speak the language? (laughs) So so I think about those things all the time. Yeah, and I, I I appreciate your perspective, your unique perspective, because I, I do know that you, you travel a lot and you've got an organization, a way to be, um, that allows you to do so. And I'm, I'm sure I'm sure the last year has been has been difficult uh, for you with the, mm-hmm. with a lack of travel. So I mean, I don't know. Just to talk to me more about a way to be, because I, I honestly don't know a whole lot about it. But it sounds like an incredible opportunity for not only yourself but others to get to experience the world in new ways. Sure. A way to be was the company that I started when I resigned from teaching, and I, I had I was a high school Spanish teacher for nearly a decade. Simultane- simultaneously, I was traveling with an organization bringing students and educators abroad, and at the same time, I was traveling to Nicaragua a few times a year. And what I decided was that the the four walls of the classroom were too small. Although I still work in education and revere educators, I knew that I needed to do something that would allow for a more global and, and greater impact. So I started this, this travel company. Initially, I started it for students to travel to Nicaragua, and then it expanded to small groups of adults or families or individuals that wanted to have authentic travel experiences abroad. Yeah. And part of the reason for starting that was that I had, I had already had so many impactful, life-changing travel experiences that I wanted, I wanted it to be bigger than me. And I didn't want to be the only one that, that had access to being able to, in a 10-day, a week-long experience, really peel back the layers of one's own life, learn from people in other cultures in order to make differences in our communities and, and in our world. Because I think there are there are certainly other ways to do that, but travel is is a way to transform really quickly, especially when you have pre-established relationships with people yes. on the ground. I love that. And so I guess the, the, the idea to me, at least from what I saw on the website and the way you describe it, is that you, you have, you've personally built relationships in other, in other countries and other areas of the world that you get to leverage when you take people to experience these new cultures. Is, is, is that essentially correct? Absolutely. I, I kept having friends in other countries say, when are you going to bring so-and-so and when are you going to bring so-and-so? And and then I had friends in the U S saying, when can I go to such and such? And so I, I I was able to fortunate to be able to connect those dots and be, be the bridge for people to get to learn from one another. That's so genius. I I love that Mm -hmm. idea. And it's so much better. Well, now I say this, that in the sense that I've, the furthest I've been outside of the United States is the, uh, the, um, the Niagara Falls side of Canada. So I have not been far. I'd like to do more, but I, I don't have a, a very big world view. But 
I have to imagine that traveling in that way, as opposed to staying at a resort or as opposed to staying in a hostel, is just, it's so much more unique and it really gives you a sense that you can immediately immerse yourself in the culture as opposed to having, you know, anxiety about going off on your own. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, A common, a common narrative, especially when I was traveling internationally really frequently and and often I would do it alone. And and a common, I guess not narrative, but question was, isn't it, isn't it scary out there? Aren't you afraid? Isn't it dangerous? And I, I just think it's so interesting that fear, I think fear comes from well, we fear what we don't know, right. and and then we be- quickly believe what we what we see and hear elsewhere. So in the media and, and so on. And so my answer was always, no. In fact, right. I sometimes feel the most alive ever when I'm when I'm traveling, and sometimes experience more fear in my in my day to day. So in my experience, and and my experience is my own, but I have I have met some of the most incredible people in my life when I have been in other countries. And and certainly I have some of those here as well. And I I think that I have seen, I know that I have seen and experienced so much good in other parts of the world that that is, that is something that I, that I cannot refute that there's good happening uh, in all corners of the world. That's, that's so amazing. And I, that really brings up, uh, an incredible point. I mean, you, I think I would, yes, as you, to your point, the media and probably to a certain extent, uh, films as well, they can paint, you know, a dramatic picture of other countries of, of, of us Americans traveling across the world and getting into bad situations. But if you turn on the news, even here locally, you can see how many problems we have. And I mean, so, I mean, you can look at it from a number of different ways and it's, it's, it's sad to think that way because if you really do internalize it and you believe that if you go somewhere else, you're going to put yourself in a dangerous situation, that just shuts you off to new experiences. And of course, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't help. It doesn't help the economy of other areas of the world. It doesn't help other people experience our culture, which is unique within itself. So I, I certainly understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think what you're beginning to touch on, which is, ubiquitous word and theme right now is empathy. And when we can, when we can learn from one another and listen and have conversations and build relationships, then we, our, our fear diminishes or, or dissolves. And that's, that's the basis for, for anything positive and peaceful, I think. Yeah, absolutely. What, um, what have been some of the, because we, we talked a little, we spoke a little bit previously, and I know you sent some information over, but in regards to the mm-hmm. works and the workshops that you've facilitated, I mean, you've got mm-hmm. a huge list of certain areas of expertise. I mean, what have, what's kind of been your impetus for, for these topics, helping others, you know, where have you really found a lot of reward and coaching people through these different areas? Hmm. I think the golden thread through everything that I've facilitated over the years from unconscious bias to effective listening to uh, cultural competency and interpersonal communication (laughs) and and the list goes on. I I really think the golden thread is transformation. So I, I work with companies and schools and educators and entrepreneurs and then of course a, a lot of a lot of people internationally and and even teach yoga <laughs> i do a lot of things and and the commonality the thing i love about every single thing that i do every workshop i facilitate every talk i give every one-on-one coaching session whatever it is is that i i get to be a part of transformation yeah. i get to see people shift their perspective of themselves of other in order to make different decisions moving forward and to me that is that is the greatest the greatest gift of everything that i get to do that's so incredible i love I love seeing those breakthroughs, and I, I only see those in the sense that on occasion I'll get to talk with people who listen to the podcast, but when you're face-to-face with people really helping them you know, overcome their obstacles and 
helping them see that they can live their lives in new and unique ways they never thought was possible. Mm -hmm. That, that just has to be so incredibly rewarding. It is. And you know, I, I think I would even challenge the word help. I love, I love the word facilitate. Yeah. And I was, I was speaking to a friend about this today. And of course there's facilitation, which I love to do. But when I, when I break the word apart, facile in Spanish is easy. And so to facilitate, and, and I, I'm making this up, but I think this would, would probably connect to, to Latin roots, but to facilitate is to make something easier. So I think my, my goal and, and role really in everything I do is to allow people to find those answers themselves yeah. and to, to deconstruct patterns that aren't serving them and to rearrange maybe what they're thinking in order to make a different decision or build a new relationship or resolve an old one. Well, I like that. I, I love that, that clarification because if I've noticed anything at all, it's a, you know, as I've gone through my personal transformation over the last several years, I've, I've had the opportunity to talk about it with quite a few people. And I know what I've become, become capable of, and I, I know what work it's taken to get here. And so you, what I've discovered is that you can't open the door for somebody to, to be as metaphorical as possible. You have to show, you can show them the door and you can kind of nudge them in the direction, but they have to open it and walk through it themselves. And that exactly. to me, it, it, it used to be a point of frustration. It, it really did because I, you, you see where people are struggling and you, you, you yourself, I mean, I be personally, I believe I can help them, but if they don't want to do the work to get there, then you, there's just nothing you can do. So facilitate is a, is a great way of putting that. And it just, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's so important to be able to get people to a point where they can make that decision for themselves. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think it's about modeling what you believe to be in, in, in the highest of, of your own self and then accompanying others as they figure out what works best yeah. for them. And that's, that's another word that I, that I talk about a lot and really believe in, which is accompaniment and, and walking alongside and, and supporting, supporting others as you figure out your own way, uh, because we are, we are constantly, constantly evolving. Absolutely. And I, I, I've said this before, and I really do mean it. What, that's what I love about having the opportunity to talk with coaches is that you are learning as you go. You're not, I don't know, I, I often distinguish between gurus and coaches because gurus to me, they are selling a one size fits all solution. Mm -hmm. That is often my personal bias, snake oil, but coaches mm -hmm. and, and, and therapists and, and psychologists and people who have actually done the work for decades and they've, they've been through the hardships themselves. They understand what it takes both emotionally, mentally, physically to, to get and break through, you know, those, those barriers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly. I, I, I like to say that you build enough structure for freedom to happen. <laughs> and so, uh, I'll go into, I'll go into a workshop and I have it planned by the minute, but the point of doing that is to actually allow for spontaneity. Yeah. So you have an idea of what might happen. You have an idea of the outcome, but you provide enough fluidity and, and, and room for spontaneity that people can go, they can actually go deeper with a little bit of structure. Yeah. And to your point, you customize as you go. And I, I walk into any, any session with a, with a metaphorical bag of tricks and tools and you just see which ones might work for which situation. Yeah. And I think that approach really works, works for me anyway. And I, and I think it works for my clients as well, because again, it's not about giving answers. It's about supporting as as people find the answers that work best for them yeah yeah i i, I love that um and so you talk about human-centered coaching which i don't think i've ever really uh, maybe maybe i've heard of it before but i've never really seen it written out and i mean i'm curious I, i'm sure what we just talked about falls into that but what does that philosophy really mean in regard to the way you're helping your clients Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, th I think that's exactly it. So rather than providing answers, it's guiding people to find their own. And when I was in education, it's called student centered learning. Yeah. Right? So it's about it's about the student in education and coaching. It's about 
the client. In the corporate world, it's about the, the individuals and the team because everyone will walk into a room or will walk their path in this life with a different set of challenges. Yeah. And so it's not about, well, I, I experienced this, so and this is what worked for me, so this is what's going to work for you. Right. It's it's not that. It's saying, where where are we? Where are you right now? Where do you want to be? And how can I help you get there? Yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, to me, as you say that, it equates in my mind to. I mean, I, 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 I do my absolute best to maintain, you know, strong health, strong healthy habits, and regarding nutrition, working out, and even supplementation. And I, I last couple of days, I've been looking at new supplements. And the the point I'm trying to make is that you know, not every workout routine, nutrition plan, supplementation plan is is going to fit every single person it needs to be customized for your type of body your 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 gut health edged every single individual element and so you need to customize you know how you help somebody grow based on where they've been and you know where, where they are at currently mm-hmm. absolutely and the way i see it we as individuals again as as we move through life we're, we're constantly getting information yeah Right. So you may you may be getting certain information from from a supplement company and another set of information from a trainer you're working with and and information from something you read online. Ultimately, those are those are great resources to find the answer within yourself, because you are the only one that knows how how your body works and how it might respond. And through trial and error and and deep listening, (laughs) we find we find the answers. And I think I think that's the same with with coaching or with training, or, or if you're a company having outside consultants come in, it is a way for you to, to really be, um, have this reflection through this, through this third party to, again, support you in, in finding the solutions that you need to find. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in regard to your own personal development, uh, I think you had said previously that one of the greatest hurdles that you've had to face has been getting out of your own way, which I, I can completely relate to. I think it's so often so easy to talk ourselves out of going for a run, for example, or or it's so easy to justify bad behavior on a one-time basis, which ops, which often turns into, oh, I did it last time, I can do it again, and then it just you know snowballs from there. So when it comes to getting out of your own way, what has that meant for you and your personal development? And I, it, I, for me, it's it's a continual struggle. It's, it's, it's a lot of mm-hmm. self-talk. And so how does that look in your own life? Mm. Well, so when you were saying that, I, I actually took a breath and I dropped my shoulders a little bit. Yes. And I just kind of you know, softened my softened my jaw and my face. And so I, I did this physical thing as you were saying that and asking that question. And I think I think a way to put that, what I just did in my body into words, is that getting out of your own way is for me is being non-binary about what's good and bad and um, what makes sense and what doesn't. And and for me, I if I can give myself permission to be in the middle and be in the in-between and say, you know what, actually ice cream was exactly what I needed today or not running was exactly what I needed today. Thank goodness. And so not labeling, I think, is a really big part of allowing ourselves to be more, I love the rivers as metaphors, but to be more in the flow of life than yeah. to say what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad. And then we can have much more beneficial self talk and affirmation and we can then engage um, in more positive conversation with others and, and ultimately have a greater impact um, in our communities and, and in the world but but yeah getting out of my own way is really learning how to change the internal narrative because that that is what I think for many of us what what is our, what is our impediment? What blocks us from being right. the the unique, shining individuals that that we're meant to be? Yeah, uh, to, I, I'm going to push you a little bit more on that because I I absolutely appreciate how you said that. To me, I guess I have. 
I guess I have a very type A personal personality as mm-hmm. that's been described, and I am very much all or nothing, and that's just it's to, to, it's it's I don't know if I want to call it a problem. I don't know if I want to call it a mindset. I don't know if I want to call it determination. I, I don't know what to call it, but I, I I can't, for example, I can't eat sugar because I know if I do, then I'll, I'll I'll take a mile where I was trying to give myself an inch. I quit drinking about a year and a half ago because it just it was not adding value to my life, and so. For people who aren't as type A as perhaps I am, I mean, there has to be, you know, a very, it has to be a fine line to walk. And I'm, I'm curious if you, I mean, it seems like you, you know where that fine line stands for you. And I, I would not condone how I go about things because it is very mm-hmm. all or nothing, but to me it works, but for anybody else, it might not. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and I respect your decisions and, and anybody who's making choices to improve their lives. I, I think that is admirable and absolutely something to, to honor within yourself. And uh, again, speaking from my own personal lens, through my own personal lens and, and because of my own experiences, I can take you back to a time in my late 20s where uh Things, things got really hard, which I think is common in your late 20s, by the way. <laughs> and life felt really hard. And what I did to cope was uh, I started working out really hard. I would go to these three-hour workouts at, at Red Rocks in Denver. And you would run up and down the stairs and, and, and do all these sorts of things. And then I would do that. And then the next day, I might run a half marathon. And the next day, I might go to two yoga classes. And then the next day I might go for a bike ride. Now, all of those things on the surface are very healthy. Right. But there is, for me, there is a very fine line of choosing exercise, meditation, right. <laughs> it, whatever, whatever the vice might be, as, as a way to cope or as this really healthy, nourishing outlet. And I took it to an extreme and I had to find a way out of that. And I had to since, you know, however many, 10, 15, let's be honest, years later, um, I had to find a way to, to know when that, where that line is. And I'm not, I'm not great about it every day. I don't always know where that is, but I think to allow ourselves, and, and I was with you, I mean, I've gone through times in my life where I've said, okay. For a month, you know, I've done all sorts of through yoga training. I've done through all sorts of cleanses and dietary manipulation. And, and I think it's great. And I yeah. think it gives us tools. But I do think there's a line, again, for me that I can cross where it becomes unhealthy. Right. So what is that place where it's, it's gentle and not shaming if you miss your you know, 5 a.m. bike ride? Um, and, and that's what's worked for me is to, to find that gentleness. Again, there are some days where it's tough because I'm, I say, it just happened the other day. I wanted to go for a run and I went out and I was super excited. And then my calf did something crazy uh, and my, my mind, body and heart still wanted to run, but I couldn't, I had yeah. to say, you know what? Okay. That's, that's, that's a need to pause. And I've got to listen to that. I, yeah. I, I so respect that. Um, a weekend or two ago, I, I went mountain biking and well, I should say, I, I appreciate what you're saying. I'm trying myself to get better at that very practice. A weekend, a couple of weekends ago, I, Friday night, I ran nine miles. The next morning, we mountain biked, I think, eight. And then I'm like, after that, I, I decided I'm going to go into beast mode. I'm just going to go out and run another five miles. I, I got about a mile in and my, my legs just locked up. I had to sit on the ground for a good five minutes. And it's getting to that point where you need to listen to your body and realize that, Hey, it's okay. You can take the time off. This is what it needs as opposed to, you know, pushing that voice aside. I mean, what I, I guess one of the biggest things that I had to admit to myself, and I say that very intentionally, I had to admit it to myself is that I'm never going to be an elite athlete. I'm never going Mm. to be a sponsored athlete. I'm never going to make money running rock climbing or mountain biking. These are things I do because I'm passionate about them and I don't need to be the very best. And I think that was, it was probably a difficult pill for me to swallow, which sounds ridiculous because I mean, how many people actually become pro athletes? But for me, I just, I always had this perception that I, I want, I want to be the best. I want to be really cool to be the best, but it's just, it's just not going to happen. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and accepting, yeah. accepting the it's it's cheesy, but accepting the journey, the the process, you know, as as the goal and the journey as the goal. And I think that takes us full circle back to training for for that fifty k. It was all about the training. It really wasn't. I, yes, I wanted to finish, but it really wasn't about the race. Yeah, it was. It was all about that that messy middle, as Brene Brown says. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It, it's. Uh... I love that you mentioned Brene Brown. I have not read her yet. I actually have uh, Daring Greatly next up on my reading list, which I'm looking forward to reading. I, I've just heard uh, absolutely incredible things about her work. And one of my previous guests, Mark Stanifer, um, he's been through her training. It looks like you've been through her curriculum as, as well. And I would love it if you would talk a little bit more about it because, again, I don't know a whole lot about her yet, but I just, the more I hear about her, she's just a fantastic person to to get to know. Yes, I have been I've been extremely influenced by her work and I think what she does so brilliantly is she brings language to things and concepts, emotions, <laughs> interactions that were previously unnamed. Yeah. And so when we can when we can name things, when we can bring language to things, they're much easier to to talk about, to experience and then to move through. So I think in in a nutshell that's what she does so beautifully uh, in in and yes i've i've been trained in her in her curriculum and personally had had read so much of her work even prior to that and and have infused more tools language uh, processing skills and and activities for clients to use in in sessions that i facilitate because of what i've learned through through her work so Definitely, I, I recommend learning more from her and and her work. And the great thing is, is that she it's a, she she did a great thing for us, which is she's done all the research, not all, but she's done so much research yeah. to back what she's what she's talking about. So sometimes I can get very ethereal and out there and, and, and we'll say, well, where did you learn that? Or where does that come from? What's the, you know, <laughs> my friends, especially that are more linear, logical thinkers and, and what's the proof. And, and she's done all that for us, you know, and so I can bring out the numbers and the statistics and say, see, see, we do, we do make more money when we're more mindful at work. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's another, another brilliant part or aspect of her work. Well, I love that. And I mean, to, to that last point, if we think about positive psychology, and I have not done a ton of study in this, I just want to put that out there. But I read a book recently, uh, The Happiness Advantage. And uh, the the concept is that you are far more likely to succeed at a task if you have a positive mindset or if you're happy going into that task, than you are mm-hmm. to be happy after succeeding in a task, because we always set our sights out further. But if we have a positive mindset going into it, then we're going to we're more likely not only to, to succeed in it, but to feel fulfilled by it. And it's it's been a huge shift for me understanding that and you know how I approach certain tasks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think that makes a lot of sense. And to go back to what we were saying previously, if you're not happy, to feel that emotion too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and recognize where that comes from, and is there a way to to approach it with a more positive attitude rather than just denying whatever the the negative emotion might be. Yeah. Ab- yes, absolutely. Um, before we wrap up there, I do want to go back just a little bit, uh, a little ways. And you talk about uh, speaking ethereally and that brings up, uh, and you also talked about your 20. So that, that brings up this point in conversation. I just recently had a guest, Bill O'Haran on the podcast and he's a phenomenal therapist and just an extremely smart guy who's been meditating daily for like 25 years. He just, he's extremely intelligent. Anyway, he brought this, this, I don't want to call it a concept. He brought this to my attention that we, and I'll put details about this in the show notes that we live our lives 
and seven year cycles. And I, I hadn't really yeah. thought about it before. And I, I probably would have written it off had he not really gone into detail with me. But, you know, thinking about the age of 21, when we have our newfound freedom and we want to let loose. And then for me, when I was 28, I started to want more fulfillment from my life, from my work, from my relationships. And now at 35, my life is just completely shifted and done a 180 over what it was two or three years ago and mm-hmm. the work that I've set out to do. And you, I just, I bring that up because you were talking about yourself in your twenties and I want to know if you have any grounds to, to, to believe that, or if you've had any experience in that. I've, I've heard the same about the seven year cycle and I've, I've even heard, and, and I don't know enough to articulate more about this, but that our bodies, our physiolo- physiological bodies experience a, a massive change every every seven years and a massive uh, re rebuilding, let's say. So I I believe it, and I've certainly experienced it. I don't know much more depth about that that concept other than to say yes, I I certainly think that's that's true, and I think especially when we are individuals that approach life from let's say a growth mindset or as i'm reading simon sinek's book right now about uh, the the infinite game and so when we approach life from this this growth perspective i think that when we're open to change yeah it's, it's going to happen and and I believe in the seven-year concept, but I, I don't know much more about it than that. Right. And I, I think you make a very good point because I asked that same question. You have to have, to me, a growth mindset because you can get, I think, stuck in this rut. And I'm, I'm just going to get, make a complete stereotype here. You know, you're let's just say you're working the graveyard shift and you, you're, you know, living for that uh, that afternoon period where just you're drinking beer and just you'd say it's one day after the other after the other, but you don't... There's there may not be anything wrong with that, but you don't have that mindset where you want to continue your own personal development. And I, I think to to fall into that cycle, you need to have that mindset. I agree. I agree. And I think I think in addition to choosing, perhaps choosing not to have a growth mindset, it's very hard to have a growth mindset if your basic needs aren't being met. Right. So to, to take that perhaps to a different to a different level, if you are experiencing poverty, if you're experiencing homelessness, if you're experiencing um, being being marginalized, it's really tough when you're just trying to survive to focus on personal development. So so I think offering a bit of grace there too, again, that, that to, to be non, non, non-binary to say yeah. um, growth mindset or not growth mindset, and it's a choice. I, I don't know that it's always a choice. Yeah, that's so important. And that's, that's yeah, that's, that's a great realization for me because I, thankfully, I feel like I'm at a point where I am searching for that self-actualization. And, you know, if we're looking at Maslow's hierarchy of needs and yeah, if you don't have your basic needs met, then why would you, you know, seek for, seek for further fulfillment if, if you can't even put food on the table for yourself or your family? And that's, that is extremely important. And it goes back to the, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion conversation. And that's, I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Susan, I can't thank you enough for for joining me on the podcast. I um, I've gotten to a point where I, I don't necessarily know who I'm going to have the opportunity to meet uh, a few weeks from now, a month from now, and I just kind of the. To, to continue the theme of being ethereal, I, I just kind of leave it up to the universe to introduce me to wonderful people, and you were certainly no exception. So, thank you so much for for having this conversation with me. Thank you for inviting me. I, I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Um, to close out, there are a few questions I'd like to ask my guests. Uh, the first of which, you know, it's so important to me for this conversation to be mutually beneficial. I, I love providing value for my guests where they may not have had it in the past. And so I always like to ask if there's somebody out in the, the, the country or even in the world, since you are a world traveler, who can help you in your gro- in your goals and your growth mindset, what what resources are you looking for to continue growing that somebody might be able to lend you? Mm, resources that somebody might be able to lend me. I yeah. love thinking about that. <laughs> so in, in our um, in our networking, it would be what is what is your ask, right? right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so so my my request for those that are listening, one, uh, and and again, this this taps into to, into my lens, but one, please. 
please take care of yourself. So that's that's my first thing that I ask of everybody. Secondly, as far as from a, a business perspective, I would love to, to do more speaking and facilitating. I love that part of my work. I love being able to develop content and deliver content. And so if um, schools or educators or businesses that are looking to grow are listening to this podcast, let's have a conversation about where your gaps are and how I might support you in fulfilling or filling them. That's fantastic. I, I love that. Um, and there's actually, there are a few people I would like to talk with you about offline that uh, I may be able to help you by introducing you to. Thank you. That sounds wonderful. Absolutely. And uh, next question, and I, I can't help but notice the last name here, but uh, I always like to ask because it is so incredibly important to me to continue my own education and learning, and I do so much of that through books. If you had to pick one life-changing book uh, that you've read, what would that book be and why? Without a doubt, that book is Highgate Switchell written by the one and only Henry R. Lambert, who is my father. That's wonderful. He wrote his memoir um, about two years ago, and it was a gift. He'll be turning, I think, 78 soon, and it was a gift to his children and his grandchildren uh, to, to really share his life with us. And so to have that view into his world, and this is someone who grew up in a family of 13 on a farm and in, in farming country in rural Vermont to, to now live, you know, using, using an iPhone and, and, and so on. So to witness the transition of his life through his words was by far the the greatest gift, one of the greatest gifts I've I've ever received. So that that book is something I cherish. That's incredible. And is it is it published uh, for purchase? It is great. It is yeah. perfect. I will yes. put I will absolutely put that in the show notes as well. And then last but not least, if you could offer a personal call to action to anyone listening, what would that be? Something that I love to do, and this comes from my background in education, but I love to ask, I call them ungoogleable questions, or we call them essential questions. And my question that I'm that I'm asking myself right now and, and every day is how can I leverage the breadth and depth of my life experiences to have the greatest impact in the world? And so my call to action is for everyone to find a question that they may never be able to answer that serves as a, a check-in, a litmus test, a, a, a way to keep your eyes forward and on the horizon for, for your life and to make sure that, that you're aligned. That's so perfect. I'm, I'm going to have to think about my question. Um, mm -hmm. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, Susan, again, thank you so incredibly much. If people would like to connect with you, if they'd like to learn more about everything you're doing in this world, what is the best way for them to do so? So I am on Instagram sometimes, and that's I'm at susan.k.lambert. My website is susanklambert.com, and then my email is susan at susanklambert.com. So pretty easy. Perfect. And then in regard to a way to be, I mean, are things picking back up with that or is it kind of in the holding pattern still with the world? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm slowly starting to wake her up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so absolutely. If people are interested in, in starting to think about traveling abroad and want to know what that looks like, even just want to have a phone conversation about where the best places might be and what an itinerary might look like and, and, and so forth. I would, I would love to have that conversation and people can contact me in the same places for that. And I also have an Instagram handle for a way to be, which is at away and the number two and then B E. Perfect. Perfect. Susan, again, thank you so much for doing this with me. I look forward to staying connected with you. And again, I just can't thank you enough. Thank you. And thank you for your intentional questions and for taking the time to to ask them. It was my pleasure. One more time, I would like to extend a huge thank you to my friend Susan for joining me on the podcast. If you would like to learn more about Susan and her work, 
be sure to check out susanklambert.com. Follow her on Instagram. All of those links are in the show notes. And be sure to check out her Away to Be program, which is slowly coming back to life along with the rest of the world. Of course, thank you as well for taking time out of your busy days. I know how valuable your time is. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It means the world to me. If you would like more Mosaic Life podcast content in your life, you can follow me on Instagram at Trey Kaufman. You can search for The Mosaic Life Podcast on Facebook, and you can visit themosaiclifepodcast.com to find show notes for every episode from the beginning all the way up until now. The podcast is on YouTube. It's relatively new, but I have longer clips cut together so you can get a taste of each episode individually. Last but not least, as always, it would mean the world to me if you would take just a couple moments of your time to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That helps others just like yourselves discover the content and the conversations we have here, and in turn, it helps me continue growing. Again, thank you all so incredibly much, and until next time, take care, do better, and be well. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.